Hey, everybody. Today we're talking politics. Grab a drink. We're taking off the gloves. Hi, I'm Peter. I'm Marcus. And I'm Mark. And you're listening to Prep Hour. All right, so welcome back. Hi, Mark. Hi, Marcus. Hey, Pete. What's up? (laughs) All right, so let's get to it. Uh, We've got a list of questions here. We want to talk about politics. So we've got uh, critical race theory, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, something that an Arizona state senator said out of District 23, Michelle Ugenti Rita. Um, And then we also want to talk about funding. Gosh, we've got a whole slew of stuff that we want to talk about. So let's just get right into it. And I want to start off first with critical race theory or CRT in the classroom. So what's going on here and and why? What do you guys think? Well, what the, the problem with the CRT issue is that it's totally ballooned into something that has nothing to even do with what actual CRT is. And so for anybody who doesn't know what CRT is, it's a graduate level coursework that discusses systemic racism in the um, legal system in the legal system yeah yeah and so and i'll repeat graduate level um coursework for for law students not for teachers and like it's nothing to do with teacher education programs and things like that even at the master graduate level you both have masters i don't think any of you took um either of you took um any crt classes but what this has become is people in our communities screaming about CRT because they're listening to certain news media, Fox News, OAN, and the like, and they're claiming that CRT is being taught to their students. But when you ask people what they mean by CRT, or you look at the examples that they are um, putting forward, it's not actually CRT. No, what I'm seeing, at least when I see interviews with people that are coming out of board uh, school board meetings who are all up in arms about teachers teaching racism and socialism. And now also socialism has been aligned with CRT. I don't know how that works, but it's one of those catchphrases that just gets people up in arms. They're basically criticizing the fact that English teachers and social studies teachers are having students read very common work and works uh, of uh, literature or essays or speeches by very prominent black historical figures. And that now has become, we don't want that taught. My theory on it is, yeah, we do want, we do want to hear different perspectives taught in American history and in literature that just gives students a very wide range of literature to look back on and see where we're going as a country and how we can be better. I I don't, I can't think of anything more democratic than reading the black experience or the Hispanic experience or the Asian experience in the United States. Because I, last I looked, we have all of those people (laughs) here in this country and they also helped build and develop this country as well. I don't know why, People are so upset with students being exposed to that material. And we've always been exposed to it. I, I don't know 
why now all of a sudden it's become a problem? Well, and I guess I'll go theoretical. I think there's a, a real danger or a real threat by the right. They feel, you know, they see the census in 2050 that we're, that anybody, uh, white, whites will be the minority. And I think that's the, the, the threat that the threat that they feel. And I think what they're obviously they're creating any sort of social argument or distress amongst people. That's what they're going to use. And this is low hanging fruit. It gets people's attention. And unfortunately, it's not real honest because as you said, Pete, and we're all teachers here, the one thing that bothers me more than anything is it's just not honest. I mean, we all have learned about slavery. We've all learned about the Middle Passage. We've learned about Korematsu versus the U.S. We've all learned these different things. And I look at I look at my tenure as a teacher, real simple. It's like raising kids. We want to expose our kids to so many different, all the different things that are out there because history is an onion. You pull it back, you see all the different layers, and then you allow them to, to critically think about those issues. Well, to question it. What's that? To question it. Yeah, absolutely. To question, to question whatever it is that they're reading and that we're the resource. And sometimes all we are, all we are is the conduit to the resource or to whatever, whatever it is that we're talking about. And they're, they're formulating the idea. And the fact that, that these people are really that myopic that they think we're, we're actually propagating critical race theory is complete bullshit. Look at the state standards, jump into a fucking classroom for five minutes, and you'll find out most teachers are sticking to the state standards that are presented by each state. I would challenge any Republican, walk into a classroom, go into a classroom, volunteer, find out what these teachers are doing. And what you're going to find out is completely the opposite of what you know is completely untrue. Uh, If you don't know what teachers are doing, get involved with your school. Because uh, everything is pretty simple with 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 Google Classroom, with any sort of LMS, everything's readily available. You know exactly what your kids are doing just by looking at the grade book. You can also ask your kid. <laughs> <laughs> Call your teacher, <laughs> email them. And don't ask them what you do today. Like right. ask them specific things at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Like what are you reading in your American history class? What are you studying in that? What do you think about those issues? Oh, you read an essay uh, about being, uh, you know, somebody being a slave and, you know, being upset uh, about that. Gee, well, go figure. I wonder why. Uh, you know, talk about those things. All right, moving on. I think we've pretty much said what we think about this idea that CRT, which it is not, being taught in the classroom. If you want, if you want more CRT, go to John Oliver's bit from what day was that? Uh, just a couple days ago. So he, February twenty first. Yeah, he lays out everything in there. So. Go watch his his show from whatever day that was in February. 20th. Well, and I, that's the sad thing is is there that is one of many well known figures who are saying that this is absolute ridiculous that anybody is teaching CRT. I think that these people that are going into school board meetings or these politicians who are using this as a front to basically make a position for why there should be school choice. Mm-hmm. They need to make public schools look bad. Mm-hmm. And an easy way to make public schools look bad is your teacher's teaching your kid to hate themselves mm-hmm. because they're white, mm-hmm. and your teacher is teaching them socialism. Right. I mean, it is the boogeyman complex. It's straight out of yeah. any, McCarthyism. Any, yeah. any psychopath's handbook on how to manipulate people. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. If you're listening to this for the first time and you don't know us, 
we're teachers and I'm telling you right now, we know a lot of other teachers. We're just teaching material and and that's about it. We don't really have time for anything else. I so wish we could all brainwash your kids into being, <laughs> you know, carrying around a little red book and and you know, I have a picture of Mao in my classroom. Marcus said that about two podcasts ago, which is probably like three months ago, but it was, that's exactly what you said. I mean, mm-hmm. there isn't time for that. You know, yeah. there's just not time. And that's, what's so funny. And I, it goes back to the, my idea of, you know, American exceptionalism. If you're truly exceptional, you accept all comers, you know, you accept all ideas and then you evaluate those ideas. And then you, you know, whatever, whatever has the best, whatever, whoever presents the best evidence that's what you go with. And I don't understand how we got lost in that argument. I, that, I mean, maybe you guys can help me out, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very sad and it's frustrating as a teacher. Okay. So next up, if that's not getting your blood boiling, state senator, Republican state senator from District 23 here in Arizona. So state senator Michelle Ugenti Rita was uh, quoted saying this. All right, so here we are, feeding the beast. More money, more money. In my opinion, capitulating to the educational terrorists who have held our kids hostage. Okay, so the legislature is allowing even more spending on education and it's calling them educational terrorists. She went on a, a, a local news station and tried to diff. Well, they tried to give her a chance to walk that back and say, "You're not really calling teachers terrorists." Um, they asked her that several times. She'd never answered. Um, basically, I think her her main answer was, "If they are part of, if they are part of the system that they are creating to uh, sabotage our children's." education because that's why i got into education i know you did too marcus and mark (laughs) to sabotage kids what do you think about that quote and well that's a dumb question i think we both we all hate the quote why do you think this rhetoric is being used against public schools not charter schools not private schools but public schools why this attack i i think it's it just comes down to money you know, Arizona's ranks again, according to KJ ninety nine or KJZZ, Arizona ranks forty ninth in the country in per, per pupil spending. We're about ten thousand dollars per pupil. The national average is about fifteen thousand bucks. Think of my taxes in general, my Arizona state taxes. If you don't, if you're not receiving a refund in Arizona every year, mm-hmm. you're doing something wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you yeah. really are doing something wrong. So I think that it's as simple as that. Arizona, in my opinion. Since Five Simonton in the early 1990s, they've gutted education, public education specifically, and they don't want to pay the piper. And the reality of it is they're doing everything they can to undermine 208. They're doing everything they can to undermine funding. And this is, again, this gets people's attention because teachers are, and, and Pete, it goes back to what you said, uh, again, a couple of podcasts ago, you didn't realize you'd have to be an advocate to be an educator. Yeah. And, and we have to be. And this is one of those, this is one of those things where, you know what, you don't like, you don't like the fact that teachers are now advocating for themselves and they're holding you accountable. Mm-hmm. That's where I think the reaction is. She's clearly frustrated. And I don't think she's real smart either. 
Um, and she looked at the numbers. There's if they're if we're terrorists, we're not doing a very good job of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think all of this rhetoric. I think the CRT. I think calling us socialists. I think all of this, you know, educational terrorism. It's all in order to pass legislation where they convince you that school choice is the right choice. Because when we asked for vouchers, when they asked the the Arizona citizens, do you want school vouchers for school choice? Over 60% of voters said no. When they said Prop 208, an extra tax, you know, wealth tax to fund schools, voters said yes. This really pisses off these I'm going to call them rhinos because Mm -hmm. they keep calling. They're not actually Republicans. I know we're going to say the term Republicans, but these people are so far right and so fringe. They don't represent what real Republicans have fought for. They want school choice. They want you to be able to use your tax dollars because they're your dollars Mm -hmm. to have religious schools, homeschooling. Um, charter schools, schools that that will not help special education students, uh, people with learning disabilities, they don't want that. They have this weird idea that goes way back into the 60s and 70s and really, really picked up steam um, with uh, Milton Friedman's libertarian cause, which, by the way, libertarians don't want to pay for any of this shit. Mm-hmm. They don't even want they don't want any they don't want to pay for any of it. Um, they want school choice. They want the poor over there. And when we say poor, I think we know what they, what they meant. And we want our kids going into school over there. And we want to use our tax dollars for our specific community. We don't want to help anybody else, which just alienates even more people. If you think we already have a problem right now with, we don't really feel like a community and a society, then let's start, let's stop sending our kids to school together. I mean, Mm-hmm. What what greater way to segregate our population than to do that? So I think all of this stuff is just it's just lip service to make public schools look bad so that they can pass legislation for school vouchers and and they don't want to pay for this stuff. They don't see any value in education. Yeah. I mean, if we're educational terrorists, she's an educational segregationalist. I mean, she's she's advocating and, and her party is advocating for segregating our schools and that's what school choice comes down to it is and in arizona it is a money-making scam and and for i know in other states there are different regulations and and it works a little bit differently with charter schools but in this state i mean we can go down a list of how many of our state legislators have ties business ties to our charter schools and they rake in all this money Eddie farnsworth yeah exactly farnsworth among them and and he, here's the the crazy thing. That is the least fiscally responsible thing on the planet. If if we have public funds, I would think we would want to oversee them um, in a public forum. Yeah. But with charter schools, we hand over this money, public money, and we we don't oversee it. And and we do the same thing when we offer vouchers for private schools. That money goes to the private school. We have no we have no way of regulating that. Well, we can only look at the books for the public expenditures, but if you spend something with a private business, you don't have to disclose what. I mean, Primavera Online Schools spent more on its technology than all of Mesa Public School District did for their online learning program. Mm-hmm. Mesa is the largest 
school district in the state of Arizona. And yet this online school, which has, I don't know, I'm going to guess not even a quarter of the amount of students that Mesa Public Schools has. So there's over $16 million of a tech budget. We don't know where it went. Mm -hmm. However, it was that check was written to the to a company that was owned by the owners of that online school. They own the company that provides the technology for that online school. So we basically paid these people $16 million and we can't see a line item. What, what for? And that's in every charter school. Yep. There's stuff. They don't have an open bidding process. They don't have to do that. They could hire their cousin if right. they want to. And they do. And they do. Well, and that's the, that's, None of this is um, hidden. Like all this information, as yes. far as like the fact that there's these ties and the fact that these this charter school system is is being is a complete scam, especially in our state, um, and the voucher system to send kids to private schools using public money, which again, just it's it's all out there in the open for people to see. Here's here's the problem: they're tearing apart not just our educational system, they're tearing apart our freaking society because and and it's. I I don't understand how people that we all know and love have all of a sudden lost their freaking minds. Like you talk to people about school and they get immediately furious about CRT, about, well, public schools are failing and charter schools are so much better and none of which is true. And all these politicians like um, Eugenti Rita, she is irresponsible and she's dangerous. Her rhetoric is dangerous. Yes. I mean, we, we shouldn't call people terrorists unless they're terrorists. And and it's this was said in a Senate speech, a, a state Senate speech, not in a in a uh, interview or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't a hot mic moment. And it, and it, she should be held accountable. You know, they're they're undermining they're doing everything they can to undermine public education. And again, kind of jumping on what you were saying earlier, Marcus. I mean, I look at the public schools because we're all beneficiaries of it as the cornerstone of the community. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately there, I don't, I don't know if it's intent, if that's a unintentional consequence or an intentional consequence of that's what conservatives want to do. Cause they're not Republicans that conservative, whatever the right wing wants to do is undermine that part of a community because it really is the center point of everything that we do in our society. And again, I've said this in a recent podcast, if you want to look what, public schools did during covid look it up because they provided food they provided internet access they provided shelter. all these shelter they, social clothes, services so all sorts of social services on their dime on their dime and this was done without a any sort of uh dictum from government they did it on their own mm -hmm. and, and and like i said I, I, one of the things that amazes me more and i'm going off on a tangent here Go to an elementary school, watch it for a day. They run, a, an elementary school is run as well or better than most military outfits. Oh, yeah. And it's, and it's you an, have to. Yeah, you have to. They will take over. You have to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely 100%. So I was going to jump on your point, Pete. Hopefully it's not too late. But Pete mentioned earlier about, you know, what Primavera is spending on technology. Their student population, and this goes back a few years ago, six years ago, 3,300 kids. Mesa Unified okay. School District, 6,400 or 64,000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you had the numbers on. Yeah. I didn't know you had yeah, those. Yeah. Looked I'll, it up. I'll shut up. So you got the facts, man. No, man. Yeah. Mark was, with I, the math. I thought it was, I thought it was good. <laughs> that was a good point. Um, well, our, our, we're, we're linked. Our minds are, <laughs> are on, on even ground there. Well, I think 
I think what's going on is it's it it is if there's this idea of defunding the police, which I think is a stupid idea. People like Michelle Ugenti Rita and people like Representative from Legislative District 12 um, Hoffman, these people want to defund public education and they want it to go. I mean, if you think you're going to save money because public schools are out of the way, drive by some of these larger charter schools. They have the. <laughs> I thought I thought charter schools would win because I thought they're going to be small, they're going to be on point, they're going to be kicking our ass and scores and all that. You drive by a charter school and you drive by a public. They're this. They're this. They're spending the same amount of money. I thought. Well, charters are going to be, you know, streamlined. We're going to cut out a bunch of budgetary stuff that, that you know, is not needed or these people don't think it are, is needed. Uh, and they're just going to beat us at the money game. And they're not. They're taking just as many tax dollars because that's what you need to, to educate a child in Arizona or in this country. Right now, we're basically taking a dollar and splitting it. We're basically saying half of it goes to public schools and half of it goes to charter schools. And now make both of these systems work with half the money. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both going to fail. And I think these legislators uh, are failing parents and they're failing students. They're, they, they do not want to fund this. And I do not know the reason why. I honestly do not know. The only reason I can think of is they're closet libertarians who just think paying for this type of stuff is stupid. And these are my tax dollars and you're, you're robbing me. You know, they're the people that say, you know, taxation is just legalized, you know, you know, theft. Then just, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say to that other than just wow how did you get through life with a 40 IQ this long <laughs> and 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 I think it's what's interesting is I looked through my career and I looked through the services public edu- public schools provided and the the obstacles teachers overcame and administrators overcame and school districts overcame during that time and I don't think I don't think students were negatively impacted which tells you how how well run I think a public school is or public or school district. Um, in Pete, you, 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 you articulated that we're literally splitting a dollar and a half yet public schools. If I think have thrived and I think that's part of the problem. We feel like we're defending ourselves. I think they've thrived. You know, you think of all the things that we, and you said this off, yeah, uh, you said, you know, you said this off, um, off, uh, off, you know, not off the record. If, Think of all the, you know, we need to talk about all the good things schools provide. Mm-hmm. We provide a ton of good shit. We do, but how long is that? We're is seeing the cost of it. It's not sustainable. Yeah, it's not I sustainable. It I mean, it's I will not. agree with you that, yeah. And I remember being at a school board meeting where where somebody mentioned what you just said. And somebody in the back, I was standing right next to him, clapped and said, yeah, that's why we should cut their budgets. And I'm like, no, we're kicking ass right now with the world on our back, but eventually our knees are going to buckle. Right, and, right. and we're seeing that right now. We're seeing it with teachers just leaving. They're leaving mid-semester. Right. They're not even doing two weeks. They're just calling in and be like, yeah, I won't be in today. Oh, I'm not coming back. And they're not being filled. And if they are being filled, they're being filled in New Mexico by the, uh, the, the Coast Guard. The, <laughs> the Coast yeah, Guard. Yeah. Not the Coast Guard. Or the, the, the National Guard. The Reserves. Yeah. Or they're being filled with, with people that have just a high school diploma. Yeah, I right. mean, Which is out here. Yeah, I, this is ridiculous. I don't want to send my kids to a school. People don't want to move here knowing that the National Guard or some 
19-year-old high school student is going to be teaching my kid algebra, right? right. Not calling 19-year-olds dumb. I'm just, you don't know what you're doing. Right. And and I'm still, and Mark, you're, obviously your wife is still in the district schools and everything else, and I'm still in the district schools, and we obviously all have friends that are still in the district schools, and you have both of you have kids in the district schools. If, if you think that public schools aren't literally in the middle of completely falling apart you are wrong like as far as like when we talk about teachers leaving um and we talk about the pressures that are on teachers this year i i cannot i cannot overstate this the very dire situation that we're in and i, I think that a lot of us in education we, we're trying not to say that what the hell we're we supposed to do you know what i mean we got to keep showing up every day but people are leaving in droves and not just that you can see it in our educators' eyes. I just ran a training today and we had a lot long discussion about, you know, just just our day-to-day stuff that we're dealing with and people are just done. They're completely yeah. done. And when you talk to teachers, uh, people out there who are listening to this that might not be in education, when you talk to somebody who's a teacher, ask them if they're fighting for all of these things and fighting against legislators because they the only thing they want is more pay. Because I think you'll find a lot of educators are like, I will, I will forfeit my pay if you just fund my kids' classroom so mm-hmm. that they have air conditioning and heating and whiteboards and markers and 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 free and reduced lunch. I mean, just simple stuff. I mean, that's what we're really fighting for. People mm-hmm. think that we're just greedy socialists who are fighting for more money, and it's like no. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not, and my brother's a cop and he's like, we fight all this stuff all the time because we need new squad cars or right. we need new, th- you know, it's not money. We're not fighting for more pay. We're fighting for the stuff we need to protect our communities. Right. And we are fighting for stuff that protects our students and provides for them a- an atmosphere where they can just come and learn, eat some lunch, play sports hang out with their friends uh, and make relationships with adults who, who want to teach them stuff and, and mentor them. I, and my wife, she, I think she would tell you that the number one thing in her district, they're fighting for student teacher ratio. Mm-hmm. You know, they want less kids in the classroom yeah, because they can provide them more attention. And yeah. so that's the salary part of that is, Oh yeah, guess what? You have to hire more teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and, and this kind of comes back to, this issue kind of circles back to what we just talked about at the beginning of this podcast. The, the rhetoric right now, that alone is driving people away and, and 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 driving people out. And so, and it's not just politicians. It is, you know, your bumper stickers. It's the comments you make at the district, um, the district meeting. It's the Facebook post that you share. It's all of those things that I'm sorry. There's a crap ton of people that work in education that are seeing that and hearing that and and those message those messages really weigh heavily on people's psyche in education and so if you're one of those people that are sharing those things or or talking about um, or, or spreading those messages you are part of the problem all right well that does it for today um i hope you had several drinks while you listened to this episode because <laughs> you're going to need it uh if you'd like to further the discussion please join us on twitter Facebook or Instagram at at prep hour podcast until next time. Stay curious. <laughs>